You are listening to the Final Score Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Special welcome to all of those who are checking us out for the very first time. My name is Greg Swatek, and on this week's episode, uh, we will talk to Catoctin Boys basketball coach Brian Burdett. Uh, Cougars coming off a big win last week. They beat Middletown uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, So we will talk to Coach Burdett about that big win this season and uh, his coaching career. Uh, But first, uh, I want to say hello to an old friend. Uh, Kyle McFadden is the uh, now the head coach of the uh, Frederick Forest boys basketball team and uh, former writer here at the Frederick News Post. Um, uh, We used to see him on the trail all the time because he he covered (laughs) lots of things for lots of different. Still, still, right. Still do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's weird hearing you say that, honestly, because at this time last year, I mean, like I was back into coaching, but. I'm like, I didn't think it would lead it into like anything like, like this. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm still out and about, uh, um, covering NASCAR, right? I am covering NASCAR. That's, that's coming up here pretty soon. Starts next month, which is crazy, which uh, I felt like the season just ended. Who, who do you, who do you cover NASCAR um, for? Yeah. So my buddy's got a website called the racing And then I also do some freelance stuff every now and then just for like other publications too. And you case work if for they the need anything. Harold mail or Harold um, mail. Yep. I freelance for them as well. Um, was going to do some stories, well, trying to, for like the Washington Post if they need something like every now and then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just I'm out and about. I love cars. I've always loved racing. I've always loved NASCAR. And that's that is a dream in itself, like for me, because you like grew up as a kid and or I grew up as a kid, you know, just um, loving the sport and like Dale and jr. And like Tony Stewart and to be in the same realm as them, um, you know, down in the pit area and the garage. And, um, I just love that sport. I love basketball too. Uh, obviously right, that, that's uh, what we're going to talk about, but love basketball what, what, so what are some of the big races you've covered though, before we get into that? Yeah. You're talking about Nas- Nas- oh, the big races. Yeah. So last year I, I went to Darlington for the first time, the Southern 500. It's like one of the crown jewels that's down in Tennessee, crown jewels in NASCAR, South Carolina. South Carolina so, okay. uh, it's the oldest paved NASCAR track, uh, that they're still, um, kind of like going to each, each year. Uh, so I, I went down to Darlington for the first time last year, and that was that was a dream experience. Just the history and the nostalgia and the feel that you get down there, down south, uh, like down in Darlington. That was such a big race. Uh, I went to Dover twice last year. Went to Pocono twice last year. Uh, trying to expand more. It's it's, it's hard, as you know, uh, just trying to get out and travel and you know pay for your own flights and your hotels and so i try to keep things local and then head out to one big race a year so okay still trying to sort that out i am credentialed through the nascar media so i have like a hard card so i can go to like any race i want to Um, you can go to daytona if you want to or yeah Mm -hmm. so but uh logistically that probably won't work out this year just because of coaching basketball do you want to do that Uh, one day i do one day just not sure when it's going to happen but well i mean um, people know you people know you around because you're a ligonor grad and and they've seen you at all these games and events yeah and and they've seen you as a reporter covering all these events how how did you get into coaching i'm blessed uh you know honestly it was one of those things where i go to damascus road community church in mount airy and i help them out with like the youth program and they used to have like a church league basketball team so you like working with kids i do i love kids so much i think that brings the best out of me um but this was back in like 2015 or something like that and i think the coach had family ties or something like that and he just wanted to spend more time with his family and just just uh didn't really have the time for it uh so he um ultimately left and uh one of the 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 people who work for the church came up to me and asked me if I wanted to coach the team and I'm like I don't see myself as a coach I mean there's no way I don't know a whole lot about basketball I never had any intentions well, you, you know to about be a coach but, but not like right a, not for a, just not, from not a, schem- a coaching level, schematic yeah. standpoint and managing kids and every like I didn't think I had the patience for that and I was like ah maybe I'll think about it and then they said well you know if you're not the coach then we probably won't have a team and I'm like well that would stink because um basketball is really honestly i i love the sport so much and i just saw it as an opportunity to reach kids um something greater than basketball so that's how it all started and i was coaching 
uh, just the church league basketball team. It was one game a week, one practice a week. Drawing up X's and O's. A few, on, on, a few on, on, years. On the, on the whiteboard? And or? I was hooked. Like, I love this. And um, had a chance to uh, help out at Linganore after I graduated. Um, actually got to experience a region championship with them back in 2015. That was special. Yeah, and you graduated from um, Linganore what year? I did, 2014. Okay. So yeah. that was special, too. So um yeah so that's that's how i got into it and then and then last year with the force wanted to to try my hand in teaching and then you know teaching and coaching kind of go hand in hand so i was like might as well um try to get involved on the coaching scene just to just to help out i love stats you know i'm gonna learn as i go along and uh just wanted to get into something that would be like rewarding for me and something that I feel like I can take my journalism stuff that I learned like throughout the years and try to apply it from a coach's standpoint off the bat and then learn from everybody else around me. So I hopped on with the Frederick Force last year uh, with Coach Coach Barry Blickenstaff, um, A.J. Switzer, um, who is now the leading scorer in the whole county here. I, I've known him for a few years now, and that's how I actually got involved with the Force because I, I – I actually lead them uh, at my church. We have like a small group every week at my church for like high school kids. And I lead him. And um, I just asked him one night last uh, December if he needed help on his basketball team because I wanted to get back involved in the coaching. And um, so, yeah, so he put me in touch with Coach Coach Barry. And then that's how I got started. And then Coach, Coach Barry uh, – took the ad job at new life christian school this past summer i think it was this past july last july and um i got the phone call from him and i was shocked that he um i was just when he offered me the job i was like dang like i really need to really think about this pray about yeah, this what, talk what, about what, it with people what was going through your head um, when, when he said i was overwhelmed i was like oh my gosh like at this point at that point last year like coaching wasn't a thought in my mind and now all of a sudden I was in this position to take over a varsity boys basketball head coaching job. I don't care what level it is. That is a tough job to do, especially, I mean, I'm 23 years old. And, um, but like I was overwhelmed by it. Um, people who know me well know, know I have a strong faith. So I prayed about it. I was in community about it. I was talking with so many people about it. And I was like, you know, just how many opportunities do do you get to to lead young men and to coach basketball? Um, X's and O's are about ten percent of it, right? So I knew I knew deep down that I had what it took to to lead a team. Um, just staying patient with the X's and O's and everything that that would come, and it's still developing. It obviously develops um, for everybody, and you have to evolve at your own pace, but. Um, I was confident when I took it and um, just just knew that you have to have the right heart in it for the kids and just and just be there for them to provide the best experience for them. So what what was your biggest worry before you took the job? Um, you know, the doubt that goes into your mind that you're not good enough. Right. I mean, I've I've had these conversations with you when I was, you know, when I've got involved with my writing and yeah. everything like that. You know, am I good enough? Um just the the regular doubt that kind of plays through your mind as a human being, um, so that was kind of some of the things that I was feeling. Um, what, what was it? What was it like? Your first game? <laughs> describe your first yeah, game. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, first game. Well, first actual game. Oh, we. <laughs> um, yeah, because the training wheels are off. It didn't feel tra- like the, my first the, game. The training wheels are off at this point. It didn't feel like my first game going into it, but once you got into it, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is my first game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so we were playing Chapelgate Christian Academy, and I'm a kind of guy that's like, I don't want to play cupcakes. Like, I, I, I don't. Like, I don't want to feel good at the end of the season with like a 20-4 and four record going into our homeschool national tournament. Oh, guys, we won 20 games, you know, this and that. No, like, I want to play tough competition and get us ready. So I scheduled Chapelgate Chapelgate Christian Academy off the bat, and they're really good. <laughs> um, we were hanging in there with them. We were we were up two, I think, like four minutes into the game. Game was going exactly how I was kind of picturing it in terms of game flow, and then all of a sudden they come out in this um, mid court trap matchup zone that I have never seen before ever. 
And I'm like, I don't know what to do against this. And then all of a sudden, our, our two-point lead is now a 17-point deficit after the first quarter. Yeah. And we were down, I think, 15 at halftime. So it made a few gains in the second quarter, but obviously wasn't enough. It, it just happened fast, right? And you just have to learn to slow the game down. And, yeah, so that was my first experience. And I just walked out of that game like, gosh, I got so much to what, learn. Like, what, gosh, yeah, what, yeah <laughs> let me stop you right there. What, what's been the biggest challenge so um, far? Honestly, and then biggest challenge, oh, um, just not overreacting, I think. I think it's so easy to overreact after the first game. Like, gosh, like, why did I take this job? Like, gosh, like, I don't know if I'll ever do this, you know. Or I remember, I think it was my third game. Well, I bounced back. The second game was crazy because um, we were playing at Carroll Christian School. I had zero wins, obviously. And I was going up against a coach who was going for his 400th win <laughs> that night, right? And they had the signs zero, zero ready versus for 400. Him. They had the signs ready for him. Like, I knew, like, okay, like, this guy, he's about to get his 400th win. I knew when we played him last year, These they had most of their team back. We have four new varsity starters. We lost six seniors. I'm a new coach. Like, I had no confidence going into this game at all. We ended up winning by five. Uh, that, that, that was big. What, what, did, what did that feel like, win number one? It was awesome. It was just a weight off your shoulders, especially that game. You probably felt at that point, yeah. I, I can do this. Right. Yeah. But then again, it's like you can't overreact. Right? you got to stay even keel. And then I turned around the next game. Play, we played St. Anselm's in the Covenant Life Tournament. And uh, no disrespect to them. They're really well coached. But I, I just going into that game, I told my kids in the locker room, I'm like, guys, like, I'd be really disappointed if we did not walk out of here with the win. And we just skated along. We skated along. We skated along. We were like three for 20 from three or something like that. They zoned us. And shots weren't falling. And then all of a sudden, it, it was two. And it was kind of like bouncing back and forth, like a two-point game, three-point game. We would take the lead. The lead would exchange all the way down the wire. And then we had a five-point lead with, like, four minutes left, and we lost it. And then, and, and then we had the ball. Last possession, we were down one with 20 seconds left. I called a timeout. They changed the man, called a play. They changed the zone. I had no more timeouts left. And we ended up losing by one. That was a tough one. Um, so, again, kind of going back to what I was saying, you can't overreact to it and you just just really have to manage your emotions that's probably the biggest thing and your words matter too like your words really 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 matter when you're dealing with kids and parents right who, who have you leaned on throughout this process I mean, is, is good question coach, is, is a coach yeah who? really good question um i still call coach barry blickenstaff a lot um I, I called him the other night talked to him for like an hour on my ride back home um i lean on him a lot dan pointer he used to coach at Boonesboro. Um, I lean on him a lot. He's good friends with Coach Barry. He was uh, helping out with us last year. He's a big – he's been helping out with the force program for a while, not really doing a whole lot this year. But uh, I text Jamie and Christian from time to time. Former Mount coach. Yep, yeah. former Mount coach. GW, current, right. current, yep, current coach at George Washington. He's really helped me out a lot too. Uh, I, I, I text Graham – Bowsley a lot. Um, he was with with Jamie at the Mount. Jamie at the Mount, then followed him at Siena, and now he's at GW. Um, so, and then also guys like um, Josh Funk, even though he's not really into coaching as much as he used to. Jake Funk's older brother, he has personal and, training, right? Yep, owns Rehab to Perform and everything like that. So just leaning on him, just from a business mindset, and just how to lead people. Um, so yeah, and then just like friends around the community who have leadership skills and everything like that. So yeah, just leaning on those people. Those are huge. You really have to lean on your mentors and, and, and really be intentional with that. Right. So you had this preconceived notion of what the job was going into it. <laughs> yeah. And now you're a third of the way through your season. Like, how is the preconceived notion matched up with the reality of yeah, the job? Yeah, honestly, we're like halfway through now. I think we're a little past halfway well, well, through. The record now is what? We're, yeah, so we're 6-12. and 12. That's not bad. It, it isn't. And you know me. I'm a stat guy. I like clean, perfect, squeaky-looking, yeah, squeaky-clean-looking stats and a 6-12 and 12 record, big and clean. Right, exactly. So you have to get over it, right? You have to get over your pride, and you got to get over yourself. And... um. 
yeah, it's it's definitely. I believe, you know, when you're in those games and you're losing eight point games, I mean, we're one in seven in eight point games this year, right? But when you're eight, in eight, eight points or less, eight, yes, sorry, eight points or less. And that's so frustrating when you're in the moment. It's like, when am I going to close this out, right? But I believe that perseverance develops endurance, and endurance develops you know, the grit and the mental toughness that you need in order to yeah. sustain the lumps. Yeah, but, but, but how does the reality line up with the preconceived notion of the jump? Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It is a lot tougher than what I thought it was going to be. Um, in, in what, in what way? Um, you, you just really, it, just patience with the kids. We have such a young group. I'm the kind of guy that wants things now, wants things done now, wants it done how I want it now. And it's not even how I want it. It's how we want to do it. So really, um, just being less like selfish and just really focusing more on the kids and really giving them a good experience because, you know, when we look back on this thing 10 years from now, we're not going to be talking about how many games we won or lost or anything. We're going to be talking about the experiences, the moments in between the moments. Um, so so just really um, just kind of slowing down and just really taking it in and really just taking in the opportunity and really just trying not to get too far ahead of yourself. So it, 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 it in a sense, it, it is what I expected, um, but I did not think. You know, you think as this young coach, like, oh, like, losing these close games like like I'm going to be in control of this moment and like I'm I won't let that happen right from a time to time again basis but it you know keeps on happening and um yeah just not overreacting and so yeah I know I'm what 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 has your interaction been like with the kids so mm, far yeah just really trying to stay positive and just trying to find the little victories in between and and yeah. and just pointing it out like look like we're not a six and 12 basketball team. We know that just trying to find ways in the game to help us. Um, we don't play with the shot clock. So in some games we do, but in our homeschool national tournament, we don't. So you can, there are some ways around that when you have seven guys that can help you manage the ball game. Um, so, but outside of basketball, just staying positive and just really pouring into them and being intentional. It's hard to teach and coach when you don't have a, a genuine like relationship with them. So really spending time with them outside of the court is, is way bigger than being on the court yeah, with but, them. But coaching. how they, how they responded to you and your inexperience. They, they know you haven't been coaching very yeah. long. It, it's, <laughs> um, it's a good question. You know, I, I think they handle it well because as a coach, you want your kids to play hard for you. Right. And I mean, the kids are laying it out on the line each and every single night. I mean, they're, they're dogged each and every single night after every single game they're diving on the floor for loose balls they're they're trying to get to their trying to get to their box outs or crashing the boards i mean we're doing everything their eyes on me like in the huddle you know i just noticed those things and 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 when you go through a rough stretch like that and when you haven't lost sight of the little things and the command i think our command of the huddle our command of the kids the positivity the enthusiasm is even greater than what we started I, I I truly think we we do, then um, that to me is very encouraging. So um, I think they're handling it very well. Honestly, they're handling it exceptionally well. I I think I need to handle it a little bit better. In what um, way? Just be more patient with them. I'm a kind of guy that maybe looks like Tom Izzo on the sidelines, you know, screaming, got veins popping out of your neck, and you can't have that. Um, Maybe like every now and then, it's good to show passion. Has, has someone told you, observed these things about you, and told you these things, or have you? Have I you just watch myself on film. I'm like, God, I, I look like a like wow, like, <laughs> right. you know, like ties flying everywhere. Like I, I wear like a button down a tie like every game. I like to look nice for the refs, and you know, you just try to be like professional. Um, Do you give the refs a hard time? Uh, it depends. You know, if they start going after the kids, or I mean, like if it's a physical game and. And if I feel like the other team's putting our kids in harm's way, then yeah, I will get on that. But nothing tic tacky. I'm not that that like kind of guy. But um, so you observed yourself. Yeah. And, so this is not some someone pulling you aside and saying, "Not hey, really." Kyle, like calm down. This is no. These are this is this is like yep. self realization. Oh, yeah. and stuff like. Oh that. yeah. I'm yeah. a big self reflector, and you know I've covered a ton of games. Obviously, I've seen a ton of coaches coach. Um, and you try to piece together everything that you learn along the way and you try to make it your own and then you just watch yourself on film and it's like, dang, like I should probably handle that just a little bit better, 
probably be a little bit more patient, not be so um, fidgety on the sidelines because your kids notice that too and they feed off your energy. Um, so just really trying to be more of a calming presence because I'm a very passionate guy. Uh, may not seem like it sometimes, but I'm very like passionate. So learn how to channel that passion in a healthy way. Yeah. What was your first practice like? Very disorganized. <laughs> uh, we had like four kids that night, I think. I think two or three were sick. A few others didn't show up for a few reasons. Not going to get into it, but um, one of them had a soccer tournament or something like that. Um, so didn't have a whole lot of kids that first practice, and that was rough, and I was not prepared for that. Um, so not the smoothest. <laughs> the, yeah, but how did you know to organize your first practice? I mean, you played um, basketball, right? Lincoln, or so, right. So, so you so you've been through a high school yeah, practice before, right? But and and how, watched. How, how, how did you know? How, how did you know how to organize a practice? Um, you know, you just go. It's a racing term. You just go by the seat of your pants and you just kind of feel. You feel your way through, and yeah, but the kids could sense that though. When you're doing uh, that. a little can. bit, they a can. little bit, yeah. you you like to split them up for free throws and think things through. Extra water break, think things through. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, you can never get tired of working on you know like the fundamentals and everything like that, and your defensive slides and your shooting. You can never work enough on shooting and everything like that. Didn't really get into much of the playbook the first day or two of practice because they're really tryouts. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, just, just, I learned that I, I needed to be more organized when you're coming in, coming in with an actual plan because you can, you, you can try to do things off the whim, but the kids will know that, you know, you have to be flying through each and every single drill. Like, you know, what's coming next. Like, you know, what's coming next and saying it with confidence and authority too. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is the game slowing down for you? It is. I'm not going to lie. That Chapelgate game, things are going very fast. <laughs> I could not process what was going on. Um, yeah, things are definitely slowing down. Because they, like a football player yep. or any athlete, they said the game right. the game is slowing down for them. Yep. But that, for inexperienced coaches like you, that happens too. Yeah. So is, yep. is the game slowing down a little bit at least? It is. And you have to be put through different circumstances in order for your just – Yes, the game is definitely slowing down. I know last Thursday or last Friday or two Fridays ago, we were playing Lowndes County in the MSD tournament, and we were up by 13 with six points left. And I had no doubt in my mind that we would close this thing out, right? Um, we ended up losing by two, and that was something that that was very hard. I mean, I've never had to experience that ever before. That, like a fourth quarter collapse like that, I could not slow myself down, but the kids couldn't slow them, themselves down. I just... No matter what I drew up on the bench, I just felt like we wouldn't have ran it or executed it very well. But yeah, things are definitely slowing down. Excuse me. Um, so you just got to be put in those experiences, and you have to be grateful for everything that you go through. Like Coach Calipari said, after they lost to Evansville, the coach at Kentucky, you have to be grateful for that because it's going to make you better if you allow it. Um, you have to believe that it's going to make you better. Um, so you just got to be grateful for the experiences because everybody knows people judge you on what you do in March, you yeah, know? Right. Well, what, what's your grasp of the X's and O's? How, mm-hmm. what, what's your command of that? Mm-hmm. Pretty good? Or I think um, it is. Yeah. I, I honestly think it is really good because I think a mark of a good team and a good coaching staff is really, how do they respond? Right. There's the game plan. Then there's the adjustment to the game plan. And then there's the adjustment to the adjustment. And I, I think we have been able to adjust very well and making the adjustment to the adjustment very well. Because third quarters have been, we've outscored every almost every single team this year in the third quarter, no matter who we've played. So you must, you must be good at halftime speeches. Yeah. Like <laughs> I like to pump up the guys a little bit. Um, and I like to think I see the game well and know what we need. Just little details, not anything super crazy, but just little things that you pull out of your back pocket and like little nuances and little adjustments that we make. Um, yeah, I mean, third quarters have been our best quarter this season. And, and honestly, that was my worry going into this season is can you make the adjustment? Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, do you think you'll be, you'll be coaching for a while? Do you enjoy it? And I really do. I really do enjoy it. I'm studying to become a high school English teacher now at Frederick community college. So not sure how long I'm going to stick on board with the force. Definitely this year, obviously. And then next year, probably do a third year. Um, but you know, really who, who knows? I mean, I want to stay committed to the kids. Um, I am big on that being committed to the kids and the program. 
Um, they have treated me well and they, they're really responding well. And that was one of my worries too, is, you know, are parents going to trust me as a 23 year old with their kids? And do they think highly of me as a leader more so as a coach? And what's that been like so far? Yeah. I mean, there have been some, some conversations obviously with parents and trying to earn your credibility. Uh, so I think it's the same thing as a journalist, you know, are you credible? Are people going to listen to you? Um, kind of the same thing as, as a coach. So, I think that's been positive, and obviously you have to be really transparent with them and really kind of be open arms and be understanding, you know, that, that, that they're parents and that they have questions and you have to be up 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 uh, front with them. And, um, yeah, so that's why I say your words really matter um, in a person of leadership. So, yeah, and just being transparent and just being positive and just kind of mapping out the vision and why you're here and why you're doing this. Um, really explaining the why factor too. What's the time commitment been like? Yeah, honestly, Greg, I, I think I'm doing more now than I've ever have before. Yeah, because you, you don't really know I'm, you don't really know what it's like yeah. until you do it. Yeah, I'm I'm also working at Wegman's thirty plus hours a week too. Yeah, so as a dairy stalker, I'm in school full time and I'm coaching. So um, you don't have a lot of free time. I don't, and I enjoy that. Um, so I mean, time commitment. I mean, I we practice try to practice once to twice a week. We got about two games a week, sometimes three times a week. Um, so I'm with the kids four or five times a week um, for mul- multiple hours at a time. And then I'll, I'll be watching film back at home. I'll be scouting out opponents. Um, I'll be doing, you know, there's, there's always times where you have to sit back on a Sunday and just reflect like, is what we're doing is that working? Is that the best for us? Are your are your practices better organized now? Yes, okay. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're getting through a lot of things, and things are going well. And you try to make practices tougher than games because if you can handle the mental adversity in practice, and you can handle the mental adversity in games, it's not like a light switch when you turn it on in games and tough times. Oh, like we're gonna pull it off. No, you got to make that in practice. So. And, and and just have an urgency with things too. I'm a kind of guy that used to be, or just kind of found out the hard way. You know, you just can't skate through things. You have to be urgent with them. So yeah. yeah but well, Kyle McFadden be going for his 400th coaching win. <laughs> you know, I was actually calculating the math. Just curiosity, right? Like, how long do you? How, maybe how, like how long maybe could it take to get there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want to think about that right now. Well, um, only uh, only what 394 more to go. Yeah, 300. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, so and honestly, you, know, you can't really make it about yourself. I mean, the stats are cool. I'm I'm just you're right. Just you're right. Joking, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, you know, it's it's really for the kids, honestly, and I love the kids a lot. Really do. I really think we have a talented group. AJ's had a great year. He's leading the county in scoring. He's fourth in rebound and he's sixth in assists, something like that. He's having a great year. He's putting up Colin Schley numbers. Right. Um, he is our Colin Schley. So, um. But yeah, no, I'm I'm having a great time with it. Don't have any regrets, and I want to be coaching for hopefully a while. Um, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm I'm still in the journalism deal and getting getting that uh, through the NASCAR side of things, and I'm out and about in the football scene occasionally and basketball. But I really am at peace with where I'm at. So good to hear, dude. Thanks for coming in. For, Thank you for it. having me, Greg. Yeah. All right, when we come back, we will talk to Catoctin boys basketball coach Brian Burdett. Stay with us. The Catoctin basketball team is 7-4 this season. The record includes a 64-41 victory over Middletown last Friday night. Marks the first time the Cougars have beaten the Knights in about uh, 18 years. And the coach of the Catoctin Cougars is Brian Burdett, and he joins us here on the final score. How are you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. What, what was it like walking off the floor on Friday night? I, when you get those uh, – and the people in the community, like, you know how you get those little good feelings? Yeah. Like you, everybody for maybe maybe 20 minutes just feels really good about themselves. You know, the community, the kids, um, a lot of pride. And especially coming off the state championship, you could just feel that – excitement in, in the crowd that night yeah i mean how were you guys able to win that game well i tell you what we did a lot of we did a lot of film prep um we knew who we had to shut down that night um we know jalen husky is a great player and he's their engine for them 
But they got a so couple of them, though. They yeah. got a couple of them, yeah. But we uh, we liked our matchups that we had. And then, of course, Tommy Fitzpatrick had a, had the game of his life. Um, and he ended up with, like, 23 points, 11 rebounds, like, five assists. But it was a total team effort. We put 12 guys in. Um, those kids just work really, really hard. And I think we're one of the few teams that can go 1-12 to 12 deep and play 12 just about every night. Yeah, because it wasn't just a – one point win or a two point win, you get you guys. You guys beat them uh, by uh, by twenty three. I mean, yep. that's a pretty significant win. Yeah, the so. second. Well, I think we were just able. I mean, our our confidence as you know, the first quarter we were down six. They got off to a good start. Um, we came in the second quarter, we were able to help hold them to two points, and we scored eighteen. I think that gave us a lot of confidence. Tommy hit that step back three at, the, at just inside the emblem at uh, at half court, so that really got the crowd into it in that third quarter we just really upped our defensive intensity and you could I, I could just see a different look on a kid's face when they were walking over the huddle that I hadn't seen um and a lot of these kids I've coached since they've been eight nine years old so when I saw their look coming off the floor I was like there's just no way we're gonna lose this game yeah just I, was look ask, face. I was gonna ask you when did you know you had the game won I I saw the reaction of the Middletown players and their coach and they and I and I know Yoho because I coached his uh, brother when I was at Linganore. So I've known that family for a while and they were just and he was talking to their coach and I I could just tell by their faces that they were trying to figure something out and I've been in that position many times. So I was like they're trying to figure out an answer and and just some nights you just don't have it. And Middletown's a great team and we were just we came to. We had a great. We had to have a great game. All the kids had to contribute, and all of them did that. And Middletown wasn't on there, you know how they normally are. They 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 didn't have their A game, I don't think. And we're gonna have a big challenge when we go to their place. I'm sure they're gonna circle that already on their calendar already. Right. You you said you could feel the crowd. When 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 yeah. do you, when do you think the crowd sensed that you guys were gonna win that game? It probably was halfway through the third quarter yeah when you guys were on a roll yeah and we we went on a little roll and and i think we went on like an 8-10-0 run i mean and i think that just kind of electrified the uh, crowd and then everybody was just like everybody just started to believe and when you start believing like that it just and you get on the momentum run the other team some doubt you know middletown some doubt crept in and then the kids were just able to and then they just stayed on fire they just nobody let up you could hear them in the huddle you know, saying don't let up, keep going, and because they knew that Middletown was capable of coming back. Because earlier in the season they they were down by nineteen, I think, on Lingenor and came back won the won the game. Right. So much of the mantra in sports is it's on to the next challenge, on on yep. to the big thing. But this was a really big and significant win for you guys. How, how long did you let you guys uh, enjoy that win before you sort of snapped back and locked in for your next opponent? I. I being at Kentuckton, I mean, we have to we have to prepare extremely hard because everybody's so competitive. And as you know, we're a football baseball school, and and we I support that. That's outstanding. And we're just trying to build some competitiveness. And I talk to the kids, and I'm like, you know, we we kind of do three things where we just say, hey, you know, we got three emphases that we've had for this year. It's talk on defense. So then that way we just know to remind each other, sprint down the floor, back and forth as hard as you can. And another thing that we did this year is just talked about having a good attitude. No matter what happens, no matter what adversity happens on the court, always remain in positive. No bickering back and forth, pointing fingers. And we did a lot of that last year, and I think it was our immaturity. And I, I've, it's really been nice to see the kids grow up in a year and really embrace each other as teammates, pick each other up when they when they are down and not doing well, instead of pointing a finger. And this year, last year when I'd say something, you know, anytime young men, they're going to get a little defensive. Heck, I did when I played. Um, and now they understand and listen to the message that I'm giving to them and, don't, and look at it as constructive criticism and say, okay, this is what coach needs me to do and this is what I'm doing. And that, to me – has been the biggest pleasure of them just seeing them grow up, the maturity, 
and how much effort they give. And if we do those three things, and that's why I told them, I don't care what that scoreboard says, then at the end of the day, we, we've, we've won the game. Right. You're a basketball coach, but you live in Thurmont. I mean, you're part of that community. So what was it like to watch the football team uh, when, when the state championship? Uh, that was unbelievable. I went to every home game. Um, four of the guys are on the, on, the fo- on the basketball team that are on the football team. Um, it, was a whole, we, it was a whole day event. We, 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 uh, we canceled practice that day. They started out in a parking lot, and kids were out there and having cupcakes and hamburgers. And that's, then, that's, a, that's not a basketball diet. No, no not at all. <laughs> no. So um, then we all traveled down to um, Annapolis, and that whole side of that stadium was just Thurmont. Emmitsburg. So those, was there anyone left in the, in the it, town? That's, that's why I texted Coach Williams after. I said, Coach, there's nobody left in Thermont. They're all down at it's the a, game. It's a, go, it's a ghost town, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they closed Thermont down that day, and it's, it was so exciting. It was so good for the community, and to see the support – that that we have up there on all the programs is is just outstanding. And not 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 just the game. What was it like watching them all season? What uh, wiping out a team like Fort Hill, yep. just Boonesboro in the playoffs, yes. Fairmont Heights. Just yes. what, what was the whole yes. ride like for the season? It was every time you walked in the gym, you just I mean gym in the in the in the football stadium. Yeah, you just um, you could just feel the electricity from the fans, the crowds. You see, they started getting bigger and bigger. The student section was getting bigger and bigger, and everybody just, like I said, everybody just felt a little bit better about themselves in our yeah. community on how good that football team did. And it's amazing what athletics can do. I mean, it really lifts people's spirits up, and it, you could just see everybody have a smile on their face, be proud of where they were from, be proud of being a part of that team, even – even if you weren't didn't play football or have a kid that played football, the football team, the community, they treated it as it was all of ours, right. not just the football teams. Right. We're talking to Catoctin Boys basketball coach Brian Burdett here on the final score, and I'm looking at your roster, Brian, and I'm seeing Eli Fry, a football yes. player. I'm seeing yes. Mason Shank, yes. a football player. Yes. Um, and, and yet you have um, Connor Cock, a, a, yep. a, a football player. Yes. Um, so Dylan Cook. Uh, yeah, yep. right. Yes. So, so these are kids that know how to win. Absolutely. And that helps our team, and, and especially guys like Eli Fry. What a – I mean, you talk about good kids. Um, he's just a class act. They have a – they had football banquet tonight, and he's one of our team captains. And – they had it at six o'clock, and, and and they know I can't do practice till five thirty because I get up at the road late. Right, and so he stays until a little after six at practice. Him and Click, and Click stayed there till like six twenty. And I'm like, Click, man, don't you have to go to the football banquet? He goes, Coach, man, they're just eating. I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting I'm getting this stuff in so yeah. we can get ready for Oakdale. And you just can't you can't find kids like that. So I'm extremely extremely fortunate with guys like that right well eli who's a receiver on the football team and a good one at that but he's more known for his blocking as a receiver than or is as known for his blocking as a receiver than a than as a pass catcher yeah. and, and that shows his unselfishness too well that that's that carries over the basketball court because we told him you know he's so unselfish we're like hey man you got to take care of brian walker from Belltown on the boards and guard him so we can get david parker loose and he, anything you ask him to do he's not worried about stats he's not worried about his numbers he's just worried about us winning the game and what he can do to contribute to that and you just can't find kids like that. They they just don't ex- not many of them exist. He's what we call the glue guy, right? He's he's yes. the glue that holds the team together, yes. right? Yeah. Yep. Right. Uh you just mentioned uh, uh David Parker, he's your leading scorer and rebounder. T- 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 tell us about David. I tell you what, I've known David since and all these kids I've known them since they've been 8 9 years old. And I, I try, you know, they know cuz I'll get emotional cuz I love me some David Parker. Um really soft-spoken kid. Um had a ton of athletic ability um, as a sophomore on the JV team. Didn't really play. Um, hit a growth spurt going into his junior season. Last year had a one double double, um, a fourteen ten point, um, a fourteen point game, ten rebound against Brunswick. Ended up winning that game in overtime at Brunswick. That was his first double double. So then over the summer, you could see him when we went to Hagerstown just start maturing and just, you know, and that's that whole maturity thing. And some guys, they mature to junior, some of them a sophomore, some of them a senior. 
And he has just come into his own this year and has become a quiet leader for us. In the first three ball games, and two of them, we didn't have our uh, football guys with us. We had, right. to go, we had to go to against South Carroll and against um, Manchester Valley and go with eight guys. And I tell you what, man, he he put us on our on his back and got two double doubles, and that was his third one in a row because he got one against Key, and he's still averaging a double double. And even though he's getting a a lot of attention and people are trying to body him up, he has just become a quiet leader. And like I said, it's been great because I used to give him a ride to practices and everything was in seventh and eighth grade he's he's he played for me from in maryland when he was a seventh grader i moved him up and we he we would just get destroyed back then because i had three seventh graders playing on eighth grade team it was eli david parker and ethan paulus so i've seen these kids like i said from a very young age that come in to how they are now and it's just refreshing to see david emerge into this role Right, Ethan Paulus, who you just mentioned, is your yeah. leading assist guy. Yes, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, last. I mean, like I said, I go and the guys have heard this, and they'll probably listen to this. I just think the biggest thing for us is how much they've matured and grown into young men. Last year, we would do a lot of finger pointing and, and blaming, and, and this year, it's, there's just none of that. It's just a more cohesive group they just all care about each other and they and like i said nobody's worried about who's scoring it's just like what's well, the this guy's gonna do it this night and if you look at it i mean we've had we've had mayhew lead us in scoring we've had parker we've had paulus we've had tommy we've had um ethan burdett we've had um I mean, six or seven guys that have led us in scoring at different different times during the year, which is, to me, just proves how balanced we are. Right. Given that you didn't have your football players for those first yes. few games, I mean, yes. you have to look at a seven and four record and say, "Hey, we're in a pretty good spot right now. We're in pretty uh, good shape." Yeah. Absolutely. We went into key, and and those guys only played, uh, uh, only had one practice. Yeah. <laughs> the Monday before we played key, and I, and we got one practice, and I'm like. Dylan Click comes out there and he, he gets steps on the court and he goes, "Hey, coach, what play are we running?" I go, "Click, we're not, we're not, we don't, we're not even running plays yet. We don't even know them." So it just, I mean, they're just so savvy. If I would have called something from the eighth grade, I mean, he's that type of kid. He probably would just would have remembered it. That's a, that's a, how smart he is. Right. Well, what sort of carryover do you think this Middletown win has had? Because you since played Smithsburg, right? Uh, you played Smithsburg on uh, Wednesday night, and, and and you beat them by about six or so. Yeah, or, we beat five, well, five or six. Or yeah, so. and I and you know, I, I probably did my worst coaching job in the world. We were up eighteen, and I was just in the third quarter, and I was I left guys in too long, and I apologized to them because that's not fair to them because we go twelve deep, and I got a little selfish and said, "Well, we're on such a good run. Let me stay with these five, six guys." And it almost ended up biting us in the end because Smithsburg came roaring back. And I saw them, they were down against Walkersville, only about 10 or 12, and they came back. And they were down against TJ, 10 or 12, and came back. So I knew th- there wasn't going to be any quit in them. Um, and I kept telling the guys, this game isn't over. And I, ta- I, I sent them all a text. We have a group text. And I said, guys, listen, I almost blew that game for us. It'll never happen again because i got to get all of us in there. Um, all 12 of us got to be on the floor. And I did a great job of that in the first half and my assistants getting them in because they subbed for me. And uh, ultimately that decision comes down to me at the end of the night. And I was riding that ride. I was like – and I equated it with such baseball. I use these baseball analogies to them because that's half of what they get. So I said, man, it would be like taking a guy on a no-hitter in the seventh inning, you know, is he going to be too tired? Can he get it to the ninth? And that's what I told him. I said, man, and and I almost, almost uh, backfired on me on that. Right. How, how did you get into coaching, Brian? I've been doing – I was down at Luya and my younger brother – I played at Lingenor, and my younger brother played, so I started coach, coaching him. And then um, Arnie McGacky was a teammate, yeah. of, teammate of mine. Um, coach at Lingenor and Frederick High. When he's at Lingenor, he first took the job way back when. I don't even remember the year. He called me up and asked me to be his JV coach at Lingenor. And I was like, man, I can't do it because work restraints. At that time, I was working for the city police department. I was like, I can't. I can't do it with Tom. He said, well, we, we do uh, Mid-Maryland. So I ended up taking over Mid-Maryland for Lan- the Lingenor Lancers, Junior Lancers, over for Donnie Klein. I was there for like 25 years. So I took over, and it was there – you know, I don't know, 
time time rolls by. It's if one day turns into another for me. I don't know, seven or eight years. And then I went in on to um, Ruffin. So then when I moved up to Thermont and had um, my two boys, and then they were like six or seven, and that's when I said, well, let me see. Actually, it was Dwight Baumgartner um, noticed me at a football game. He said, hey, are you Brian Burdett? And I was like, every time. I didn't know him then. I was like, man, every time somebody says that, I go, man, <laughs> where did I see this guy at, man? Was it downtown? What's right. what's going on? Did I pull him over? Oh, my gosh, what's going on? So he said, hey, I said, yeah. And he goes, man, would you mind? He goes, you coach down at Lingon. And I go, yeah. And he goes, would you mind taking a look at our thermal program, try to get it going? So, so it was I, good, good news, not bad Yeah, it was news. good news. Yeah. It was great news. So then um, – you know, I ended up doing a mid-Maryland team up there. And, you know, one of the first persons I called in, of course, is Arnie McGacky and say, hey, man, we want to mirror what 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 we did down at Linganore. Let me just do a carbon copy of that. And then I was at mid-Maryland for like seven or eight years and then and then been up to high school like the last three. So so I've been up there like ten years, I guess. Yeah. What What's the one thing about coaching that you can't appreciate until you're actually doing the job? I tell you what, I'll take my – I did not realize that you had to go to this four-day class at Frederick on – Frederick High School, and we had to pay $45 for it, and and all the online courses that FCPS makes you do. There's like – it's got to be 11 hours of this stuff online, like – You're required to do it. Yes. I didn't, I didn't even realize Oh, no, yeah. I didn't either. And I, I – so then I would – I'm one of those people, you always say this coach this, this coach that, second guess. I mean, you know, everybody does that. I think everybody likes to do that because they think they know. And after seeing how much they have to do on that online course stuff and then doing that four-day thing and then, I mean, everything, It's. Re, I mean, it's. It, I guess it's necessary. Everything has a purpose. Do we call, I, that, do we call that red tape or what, 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 what do we call that? Well, I got to probably be careful, man. Everybody will be listening. Right. Um. Some of it, it, like the CPR, absolutely, 100% need that, 100%. But some of the stuff, like every year, it just seems like red, yeah, it's unnecessary. Okay. Um, but probably get in trouble from saying that. I'm, I'm not, AD, I'm not, AD here's I'm not, that. I, that's all right, I'm man. Not, he I'm already knows to, I say what I feel anyway. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, Brian. So um, what, what do you enjoy the most about coaching your team? I just enjoy I enjoy the team. I enjoy the kids. Like I said, I've been around them since they've been seven, eight years old. I coached Ethan Paulus's brother, Jared, that played. And then Ethan was probably five, maybe, maybe six. And he's dribbling up and down the side of the court while we're practicing. I'm like, man, this kid is driving me nuts because I'm trying to talk and get you know, instruction out. So seeing them from that age – um, staying together through the years, the maturity that they have this year, the bond that they have with each with with each other, I mean, is just just incredible. Um, I mean, I can tell you stories about all of them. I mean, coaching and personal. I mean, um, that they they are just a they're just a dynamic group they're a really good group right you mentioned you were an official and that, yep. and that seems like one of the more thankless jobs in the world because when you're when you're perfect no one says a thing yep. to you when, when you're bad people are all over you what what yep. why did you want to get into that line of work well i i hit the plateau of coaching and i was like you know what and i had success there and i was like you know i'm getting i'm growing tired of this with the you know you always have stuff you know there's just so much of it and you, it's so time consuming you're away from your family and you know practice every night so there's a so i'm like let me change directions and and let me ref because i'm like <laughs> part of it was i was like well i know i can be better than this official i might not be the best official but i can be better than this one um so then i went out there and and did that and i enjoyed that um you, you liked it i liked it um it, it I didn't have the pressure of worrying about winning or losing. Actually, I think it made me a better coach. I was, I was going to say that you're officiating because because I, I don't watch the ball. I watch everything off ball, and probably the officials hate it because the good officials won't will look off ball, and the ones that aren't very good will look at the ball, and they <laughs> and you'll see them, you know, because I watch game tape and they're looking at all like all three of them. We got three officials, and that's great, and they all look at the ball. And it's hard not to. It really is. But if you look off ball, 
then you understand the game and can see what the other team is doing. So when I'm out there on the court, half the time I'm not even watching the ball. I don't even – especially when the other team has it or when we have it. I'm just looking to see if people are moving without the ball and reading and reacting. And then I can see what the other team's doing better because I'm not even looking at the ball. Because of your appreciation for what officials for, for, for officiating, yeah. I know I know whose assignments are where. I know the trail, the the sea, and the lead. And I know I know where they are supposed to be looking. And only really one guy's looking at the ball until it's coming to you, and then you kind of switch. And I just kind of know whose calls who and where to look. And I don't look when I'm coaching. I don't look at the ball. I mean, I mean, and that's all from officiating. I would have never done that without that. Do you give officials a hard time because you know how tough a job it is? Um, yeah, because – and it's only because – and I would be okay if, if the – and I was like this. If I missed a call, I'd be the first one to go up to a coach and say, man, I blew that. I absolutely blew it. Because, man, you know, I mean, people, everybody makes mistakes, absolutely. Um, but I think sometimes um, people don't like doing that. or and I, and I can be loud, but it's if you listen to what I'm saying instead of the – you know, because I can sound off, but I'm not – it's just loud so I can be heard. It's not loud and demeaning. You know what I mean? Because I never demean them. I just, I, you know, I just say, hey, you know, I know they're not looking off ball. And then you get some of that physical play. Like we had it on Smithsburg the other night. It was really a lot of physical play off ball. And, you know, the officials, when you start looking at the ball, then you miss some of that stuff. And then the kids start getting a little chippy. And then they're young adolescents. And then – if you're having physical play and the other team's having physical play, well, then the stakes go up and then you have a, something could happen where, God forbid, you know, get in a fight or something. We don't want that. So the the officials have to, you know, be able to manage that part of the game. And it's tough. It's tough for them. I mean, it's a thankless job. I did it. Um, but I know the rules and I think that, they probably don't like that because I know what the I know what the rules are. Um, and my assistant, Zach Woodard, is an official too. So, did, it, did you guys all know each other? Do the do the refs yeah. know that you officiated and, and yeah, do, oh, yeah, do you oh, know, yeah. Do you, oh yeah, did you know and work with these guys? Not, not all of them, but but yeah. some of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most of them. I mean, most of them I still know. Um, right. Um, some of them, some of them are brand new, and I've I've never met them. Right. But they know Zach, um, because Zach was a member of that board. Now is my JV coach. Um, and I mean, all the officials are great. I mean, and they really are. They do a great job. But like I said, we then when we know the rules, we'll we'll be the first one to say something. Is that I don't know. Is that good or bad? I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. Have you gotten teed up? Not this year. Okay. Um, you know what? I did in Williamsport. I take that back. Williamsport teed me up. Um, three guys hit the floor, and I go, "Well, that's got to be something." Right. And I said it twice, and they go, "Well, I'll show you something." Gave me a tee. Just, and that's just, all I said. Just, just, just for saying that. That's you, all I did said. Did you yell at him? Or no, anything? I said the referee is right in front of me, and I go, "That has to be something." Just like that, right? A, a guy that you knew teed you up, or no? You didn't no, know? I don't okay. know yeah. a lot of them in um, Washington County. I just right. know a couple that were on board two fourteen that are up there now. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I don't know all of them. No. Were you a good ref? Um, at times. Um. You know, and at times not. The thing about refing, if you start thinking about something else, like if you go, man, I missed that play. I blew it. Then the game's wasn't past you, right? Then yeah. you miss another one. Right. So I learned early on, hey, man, if I missed a bad call, I got to let it go. You, you gotta, you're going to piss off half the crowd. You know, half the crowd's not going to like it. And you got to let things go in one ear and out the other, which I'm able to do for – what I do for a living, so it didn't bother me. Being in charge and managing things didn't bother me because of what I do for a living. Um, I think the one thing was I just can't hold on to that mistake if I made it. And then I always told myself I'd rather make a mistake in the beginning of the game so a team can recover from it instead of making a, a mistake in the last quarter because then that's when big momentum calls happen. And that's the, that's the one thing I go that probably irritates me is when those – big momentum calls happen and it happens to be a mistake in the fourth quarter. I'm like, man, that's, that's going to change 
the momentum and swing of this game. Are, are you hesitant to blow your whistle in such a situations because you don't want to be the one deciding the game? Are, do, do, do guys eat? Well, do guys do guys eat their whistle in well, like close I, games? I tell you and what, stuff, I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, man, it's probably I'm honest to a fault, man. Yeah. But I I did that third. Uh, the that's three. Right, that's the, why you, that's why I'm having you on because you're honest to a fault. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's bad. Um, the three overtime game. I did was one of the last ones when Arnie McGacky was in that regional final with Tuscarora and Frederick High. Great game. I mean, there was like so much humidity that the floor was getting uh, some condensation on it. And you want the kids to win the game. And there was, there was like you could have called a foul like on, um, you know, like at the at the end on the drive, I think. Tuscarora came over and you could it was a bang bang play it could have been a blocker charge it was coming at me and it was last second shot and the game was tied either way you go there you know like if you go offensive not really going to be a big deal because you're not going to shoot it but if you call it the block and it's such a bang bang play you're going to be like man if it's that close you're going to let the kids decide it let the kids decide give them another three minutes four minutes and let them figure out who's going to win this game and I'm glad we did that on that call because, I mean, Arnie had a great team that year, Frederick. But I, you know, I think Tuscarora. That's the year they went to QO and yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I think they should have. You know, I mean, that was a heck of a game. I think Arnie coached a great game, and that that's probably one of the best high school games I remember in me- recent years. Right. Are you able to block out crowd remarks and and, and, and criticism from the crowd when you're refing? Or yeah. can you can you let that roll off your back? Yeah. When I I didn't even hear it. Be honest. I mean, I got in such a zone. I mean, I do that at work too. Even when I'm coaching, I mean, I got former players there that are behind me, and they said they were at the game. I didn't even see him. I mean, yeah. I had Ryan Fisher there, and he texted me. He plays up at the mountain now. Great kid. And Brandon Morgan was there, and Nate Redenauer's Joey Fogle, and I'm like, I didn't even know they were there because I'm in Christian Michael. I'm like, I, I didn't even know you. I texted him and go, guys, thanks for coming. I didn't even know you were there. So as soon as I step on that floor, I really am oblivious to what's around me. In, in the in the event you did hear something, would it bother you, or would you would you just in one ear no, out the other? It, yeah. I, no, I, and I and I didn't even hear anything. And even right. if I did, it wouldn't bother me because yeah, that's what I'm just, asking. Just, like, if, just, if, if, if you did hear it, yeah. just the nature of what I do for a living. I mean, uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta you know you gotta have some humility, and you get you know you gotta be. I mean, you know, people sports. I always say this. Sports bring out the best and worst in people um, at times. Um, and you just got to know that people put so much time into it, you're, they're going to be a little passionate about it. And sometimes they might – kids, coaches, officials, parents, you know, administrators, whoever might say something that they didn't mean just in the heat of the moment. And that's that's in, that's life. That's anybody. Yeah, I mean, it's an emotional thing. Yes. And, 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 yes. and it's the heat of the moment like like you, like, like you say. And you so. just got you just got to let it go. You yeah. just got to let it go. Yeah, you guys lost a uh, significant part of your team from last season and and that would be uh Bryant Palmer. And I don't want to ask you like how or why that happened, but how, how do you go about re- dealing with that? When, when when a player like that leaves the program, how do you, how do you go about replacing that player well i mean i think the kids took it on as a challenge i think they heard a lot of things and said hey man we're not gonna you know we're not gonna be this we're not gonna be that and and i just said hey man we're gonna this is our team this we're gonna concentrate on who's here we're not gonna worry about who's not here this is our team this is where we're moving forward and i think they've rallied behind that and i think they've they got a little chip on their shoulder and i think uh i told them i said hey you know nobody knows how this book's gonna be written you know let's 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 see how let's see how it goes. We're gonna know at the end of the season how how the how this book ends up. Everybody's gonna know, right? What what, what is it within reach uh, for you guys? What can this team accomplish this season? I think they. I mean, they got a good shot. It depends. I mean, we got to do the things that we need to do. And like I said, man, here's our three emphasis. And I already said it. Talking on D, running as sprinting as fast as you can up and down the floor, and then having a good attitude. And I think if we do all three of those things every game, we got a good chance of going as far as humanly possible. If one of those things is missing, then I think we're in trouble. Yeah. And 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 you say, man, that's really not X's and O's, and that's not this, and that's not strategy. 
And I think those things are just key, and that's why I made them a point of emphasis. And every pregame, that's the three things we talk about at the end of the end of the night. Those are the three things I say, and I go, if you can do those three things, and you can say yes to all of them, we're probably going to win the game. But if not, we probably are going to lose the game. And only you can answer if you ran up and down a floor as hard as you could. Hard as you could. Do you guys give max effort most of the time? I believe, oh, 100%. Those guys, I mean. Are you, are you, they, a, tough, are you a tough coach? Um, I believe I am. I mean, I, I always, young men want to be challenged. Um, if you give them a standard that this is the standard, this is the expectation, and you treat everybody fair. No, hey, this guy scores 10, doesn't matter. Everybody gets treated the same. Um, then I, I, I don't think I don't think players have a problem with that. Um, and they're going to know what the expectations are. They know that here's the team rules, and if you violate the team rules, here's the, here's the consequences. In my house, we always talk about for every, for every action, there's a consequence, good or bad. So, you have two boys, or yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a big thing. I, I give that to my wife. She she says that all the time. It's not mine. I steal it from her. She, you know, there's a consequence for every action. So either good or bad. So you got to realize that going through through life. Um. So for your actions, there's going to be a consequence for that. So the kids, if they're late, um, if they don't wear their tie to the game, um, you know, just. Anything. You um, mean in, in school they have to wear ties on the on game days? Them, or, I don't yeah. make them wear a, a tie to school. And here's why. Because I think in a learning environment you should be comfortable. And some guys, are, I'm not a tie guy. Right. And if you're telling me i got to pay attention in history for an hour and a something's half. Something's pressing up against your something's neck. something's pressing right. up against my neck. That's not realistic. Right. Um, so you gotta you got to go, but hey, when we get on the bus and we're going to – another school it's a business trip it's a business trip we're gonna wear a tie and i tell you what man some of them didn't know how to tie a tie they went on youtube and i was, I was man ethan burdett my son he tie, he's tying ties he, he ties my tie now because he tie, he knows how to tie like eight ways and i'm like was he a boy scout or man i don't know he just look, he said he went on youtube and he, and he can tie it like all different ways and some of them are really cool so so are, so are your ties pretty tied? You just slip, you just throw them over your head. And well, I have him tied. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Like I said, yeah, sometimes that's, that's I'm honest I mean. to a yeah. fault. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I have my I have my 16 year old son tie my ties for him. Right. Absolutely. So you just have to like throw the loop over your head and or <laughs> yeah. tie well, it up. Well, I undo or, it and then okay. I say tie it over again oh, for okay. me. Okay. All right. It's totally pathetic, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think that. But then also on the same token, I'll say, hey, if we win a game, we have travel gear, sweatpants, and our shooting shirt. We went because then there's got you gotta, like I said, there's got to be something to shoot for. If it's just always hammer, 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 it's no good. It's say, hey, you win a game, we we can wear travel gear. Now I don't do that for JV. Right. You got to earn it. I'm okay. a little old school on that. Sense. All right, I understand. Right, but so so it's cas- it's formal coming to the games, and if you win, it's casual. No, 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 no. Home. It's no. If it's if we lose, it's formal. Okay. If we win. If we went, so we, we beat Smithsburg. Yeah. So we got Oakdale Friday night. Right. So we'll go and travel gear. Okay. They earned that oh, right. Oh, I see. I see. So if we lose, then coming out the next game, then shirt and tie. Right. So it gives them, hey, you don't want to wear shirt and tie to the game, to our home game? When? When. Right. Okay. Well, we wish you a continued uh, success, Coach. Uh, appreciate you coming in and, and, and sharing part of your season with us. So are you, would you get into officiating again? I've been asked that, and I tell you what, I'm such a competitor. Um, I mean, I, I, told, I, told, I made a promise that I, you know, a commitment that I would do four, four years up here, and I think I'm going to leave it to two capable guys and Zach Wooder and Micah Meredith. I'm hoping they're going to stay up there because I think it's in great hands. I've had Jim Weddle with me that uh, coached at – it was my high school coach at Linganore and uh, the Frederick Flyers and FCC. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be coming to an end um, next year because um, that's going to be my last season. I said that I would do four years um, because it's just too much with my work schedule. Yeah. I think – I don't know if I'd officiate. I mean, I, I, I want to just reflect a little bit, slow down, spend some time with my uh, younger son. 
be come home during November through March and just be able to come home and sit down and go, man, I'm not getting home at kick 10, your feet 10, up, yeah, 10, yeah, ten thirty, eleven o'clock. I'm, I just, I mean, I like it. I'll miss the kids. Um, I made, I made some, I've met some great families. Thermos got some great families. There, I'm friends with a, a ton of them. Uh, uh, with all those kids, um, I'm gonna miss that. Um, I won't miss the grind. But uh, you know, to answer your question, I rambled on. The kids say I do the same thing. To answer your question, why I get back into refereeing? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Is is it tough coaching in the social media age? I tell you what, I'm probably the only guy that doesn't have Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I wouldn't even know where to look, so I could care you, less. You don't. You never. You've no. you've never, could care you, less. You've never sent a tweet. No, could care less. Okay. Text. You, you, your kid. Do you, do your kids, both uh, your your players and your own kids and your family, do they make fun of you for not for not doing some of this stuff? No. Or, no? no. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, probably guys on the team probably don't even know. They'll know now. Right. now they'll probably listen to this and go, "Way to go, coach!" They probably make fun right. of you right now. And if they, you know, Facebook, well, well, do, do you keep track of what they're putting out there though? The, your your kids? Because so. I don't. My kids, yes. My kids. Um, I'm not uh, the. I wouldn't have any way to check on their Facebook stuff. Right. I mean, we have conversations about it because once you send something out there, man, it's out there forever. Right. Um. We haven't had to deal with any issues on that, um, and I hope we don't. Um, but as far as my kids, um, and just because of uh, my job, I mean, we have my kids are Facebook. There's nothing on you know. There's nothing on it. I don't want any picture. I don't. I mean, there's nothing on there. Right. You know, there's zero. Right. I'd love to ask you about your job, but I know I can't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Burdett, uh, head coach of the Catoctin Boys Basketball Team. Pleasure having you on, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and my thanks uh, to Graham Cullen uh, for producing and all of you uh, for tuning in. Uh, please continue to do so. I'm Greg of the Frederick News Post Sports Department, and we will see you back here next week on the Final Score Podcast.